I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty proud of myself. Oh, uh, uh, what did you do? That's, that's good to hear. What? <laughs> I finally, finally, finally beat Elden Ring. Hey! Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the club, my friend. Welcome thank to you, the thank club. You. <laughs> uh, I'm still lost somewhere. I, there are many things that I, I possess, but one of them is not time. I don't possess time. Uh, I'm on the other side of the scale. Time <laughs> is not my issue. It's energy. Hmm. Yeah, but apparently uh, with Jeff your powers, has, with, with your powers combined, Jeff has completed Elden Ring. I have, I have your time <laughs> and your energy. So you know, this is this is great. So thank you, uh, thank you for that. Best of both worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, these are things that are in short supply for many of us, but are necessary for the continuation of our topic that we've been speaking about previously, and we will carry on today, which is hobbies. Why do we need them? Why are they so important? Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy and I am joined by Jeff. Hey, up, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And yes, time is a precious commodity, but why should we be spending it on hobbies? That's the question today. Mm, it's a very important question. I think I'd like to preface this by, like, one of the things I've heard... Over the years, I have seen maybe in practice a few times, I don't enforce it very well enough, but there is almost no such thing as I don't have time for this. The general case seems to be if you care enough about something, you will make time for it. Yeah, yeah. With with certain hobbies, I think when you've got you mm-hmm. know things that involve like days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks is a different thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, practicing guitar or going running or games or whatever yeah you you find time in your schedule you make time in your schedule if it's important to you Mm. it's true and i think i think we've already stumbled upon the issue that it's not just time it's also energy sometimes especially when you're busy when you do find yourself with an hour to spare you i at least often find i don't have the energy to switch on the playstation i just want to like chill yeah yeah, you've, you, your mana bar has been depleted throughout the day. Which is a shame because I do think when there's like a hobby that's your thing, when you're, you know, really into something, sometimes doing the hobby can actually be the thing that increases the mana bar. You just need that initial push. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, because, you know, a, a good hobby, um, I mean, I've found in the past a hobby that's, you know, it's not for everybody always, but something with a, a bit of a creative outlet into it or at the end of it. It's yeah, it's invigorating. It makes you feel more energetic. It makes you feel like you've accomplished something other than just going to work and coming home. Hmm. But yeah, it can be exhausting trying to go, oh, you know, you gotta get all my pens and pencils and pens and <laughs> rulers and protractors out. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of energy to get going sometimes. Mm. Even if that is just video games, sometimes like when I've got that free time. It can be hard to convince myself that even a very sedentary hobby like video gaming is still something I want to do rather than, for example, watching those last couple episodes of the show that you've been watching. Yeah. Mm. Because I think that's another reason that hobbies are important because I will, for the sake of today, be excluding very passive hobbies like watching television from the discussion because I feel like almost we all do it and I don't have an issue with that kind of pastime. But I think when I say hobby, 
I really do want to sort of say that like video games is almost like a baseline of activity. Really, when we talk hobbies, we're often talking like hiking or crafting or something that's slightly more productive. I think we've covered some of this in the last couple episodes, to be honest. Yeah, mm. we, we've bounced around. We've talked about it for sure, but mm. we've been a bit more, bit more. Well, we're hoping to be a bit more direct. It's not really, not really our forte, but we're gonna have a go. <laughs> we will amble our way there eventually, <laughs> <laughs> as as we normally do. Amble to ramble. See, so it, it's mm. all feeding back into the hiking. So yeah, you know, we know what we're doing. <laughs> because I think it's a very vital thing for people to be productive to make something. And mm -hmm. that's why hobbies like crafting can be very, very important for our, our well-being. Just that ability to, uh, we mentioned it last time, you know, I made this. It, yeah, it, like it's it small actually, and ugly, but I made it. It mm. doesn't, you know, when, you're saying, when we're saying, you know, create something or produce something, it doesn't ha need to have any value other than, you know, sentimental value. It or, doesn't need to have monetary value. Yeah, it doesn't need monetary value. It's that's not always why you're there. And I suppose if it does have monetary value or if you're doing it for monetary value, it's not really a hobby, it's work. There is that kind of side hustle crossover where I think that like, especially like if you get very good at something and you've got a very a nice creative streak, there is that kind of Etsy side hustle where you can, you know, I make candles, I enjoy them, they're nice, but here, if you want to buy one, they're here. I had to make an Etsy store. My garage cannot store any more candles. Please, please take them from me. I'll pay you. This has become a fire hazard. Help me. <laughs> Just on on that particular note, I've heard two conflicting views. People say, like, you know, find a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Mm. There seems to be a conflicting thought that is basically, don't do something you love as a job. You will end up hating it. I tell you what, though, when I spent, when I found the perfect job I found for me was being unemployed. And I truly didn't, I truly never worked a day when I had my dream job, which was not having a job. <laughs> if only somebody would pay us to do nothing. Mm. Well, indulge in the minimal at gmail.com. If you would like to sponsor us to do nothing, that would be great. Thank you. That is the dream. I, I think there is a, as always, there is slightly more to it than the, the two binary options presented. I will say that from my perspective, making a hobby into a job definitely risks your hobby becoming a job. But mm -hmm. I also think that people who work in their passion field, people who, people who are doing a job that fulfills them, I find that they have different needs for their free time than people who are working purely to get a paycheck. Yeah, mm. if, if your day job is in its own nature fulfilling, then your hobbies don't need to fill that niche. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you speak, often if you speak to people who work in the creative industries and enjoy their job, because obviously there is some unfortunate situations, exactly this actually, where people go and work in the creative industries and they find that even though they have a burning passion for what they do, the demands and the way the industry is set up often does that like it just takes that passion away and just uses what you have and you know yeah, leaves you yeah. cold and empty inside mm. but on the flip side like if you speak to some people who are have, you know they do have a good balance they're not being overworked they're not being overstressed or you speak to people who are really in their vocation i feel like doctors often are in this sort of category 
you'll find that if they're very fulfilled in what they do for a job, their hobbies become more passive or even like family oriented. Like I come home from work. I just want to, you know, spend time with my family. I just want to chill. Yeah, we play some nice board games. Whereas Mm. like people who are just like, yeah, working for the paycheck. Like, yeah, I, I clock in, I clock out. That's it. I'm here for the money. I think there's more of a chance that those people like, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I go hiking, I go running, I go to the gym, I do wide games, I do board games. Yeah, join my LARPing group, you know, really want to be involved. And mm. I think there is this element of that need for fulfillment. As human beings, we need to feel like we are being fulfilled in our lives. And whether you find that through work or hobbies, I think there's a balance to be found. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, That's a very good point, too. Well, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like um, you, you'll often find if your hobbies are like something that you're, you know, you're really into computers or computer games and whatnot, when you're doing that for work and you're doing that as a hobby as well, sometimes the whole thing can kind of just blend into each other. I mean, yeah. I, found, I found that a few years ago where I was spent all day on computers mm-hmm. and I was coming home and I was spending all the time on the computer playing video games or watching stuff. And whilst I enjoyed it, the days just kind of melted into one another. And yeah. it felt like nothing was really happening. So, you know, I found moving into more active hobbies, you know, started running properly and, you know, hiking and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Whilst I still find, or found and still find video games and TV very fulfilling or entertaining, I found more fulfillment in doing something different than what I was doing all day at work. It's a meme at this point, but the whole go outside and touch grass thing has a very harsh basis in reality even if it's just taking the dog out for a walk for 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. you should walk your dog for more than 15 minutes. It provides something very, very vital. There's there's, There's a need inside of us that we're not always fulfilling if we just go from a computer in an office building to a computer in our bedroom. It's, yeah, the, the, the extreme version of that was like when quarantine time started and mm-hmm. everybody was working remotely. Yeah. So you can leave your house and you're doing your work on your computer if you're fortunate enough at the time. But it became the situation of like you wake up, you get off the bed, you sit in your computer chair, you log into work, you close the work computer, you open up your personal computer. Yeah. And that just becomes the stretch of the day until the end of the day and you can really move. And I think that has impacted a lot of people it has. in the long run. It has. Mm. And it affects people who are into digital hobbies more. I think for people Mm. who play video games, they're often pushing back on a lot of the preconceived notions are like video games make your eyes square they make you violent they make you know they're all people who enjoy the hobby are always pushing back against these preconceived notions to the point that they may not see the wood for the trees where yes those aren't problems but that sort of gray monotony sets in Mm. (laughs) although speaking of video games you know the whole video games make people violent whilst that's all going on i'm playing a wonderful game at the moment where i can pet cows and honestly i've never been happier (laughs) <laughs> can you pet the cow? Yes, Ooh, you can. <laughs> you can pet the cow. You can pet the goat. It's great. You're not playing Stardew Valley again, are you? No, no, no. I'm playing Season. Uh, so. Okay. so not Stardew Valley. <laughs> not Stardew Valley. No, no. It's like, you, you know, you're cycling around and you're looking at stuff and recording and writing it in a journal. Mm. It's very meditative, but you can pet cows and so 10 oh. out of 10. <laughs> 10 oh. out of 10, cows petted. Mm-hmm. Cows petted. Interest- interestingly, I think like a strange phenomenon that also occurred was the very, very sudden like rise in popularity of Animal Crossing. It came out at the perfect time. It did. Mm. And it fulfills that 
strange niche that Stardew Valley fulfills, that deep-seated need to be yourself. And mm. I don't know, I don't know what else there is to like these games of they allow you to live out your fantasy of, you know, escaping your monotonous city job and starting your farm or becoming indebted to a small raccoon. But <laughs> you can, you know, also craft the world in your own image as well. Like your little space becomes your own, like an Animal Crossing. You have a whole island that you can make your own. I think there was the there was the, the interactivity of it, the meditative aspect of it. But I think, especially with Animal Crossing at that time, is it allowed people to be social yes. in a situation where we weren't allowed to be social. Yes, and mm. you could you could hang out with people, you could show off your fun, you you know, you had outfits like in real life. You buy you know if you get some new clothes, you'd want to you know sh show your friends, you know, like yeah, look at look at my fresh drip as the kids call it these days. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was ne I was never cool. I never understood the lingo. I, I, I think the lingo today is the fit. Check out the fit. Do they still say on fleek? Is that a thing? I don't no, think no. so. No. no. <laughs> I, I, I think it is the fit. We're today. getting dangerously close to old man yells at Cloud. Um, <laughs> what? I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> I think what Animal Crossing really did well as in addition to you know, being social, being able to like, you know, invite your friends to your island and show them around. It had that very parasocial thing of everybody was trying to get the same events. They're trying to get particular villagers to come and stay with you or get rid of other villagers in that quasi strange thing that y'all did. People, hmm. people were so mean I to know. certain villagers. I know. I mean, okay, I mean, Beardo was a weirdo, but aside <laughs> from that strange bear character... There was a whole black market for Raymond. It was weird. Well, it's a, I think it's a parasocial thing. It allows, and it's still important now where even though the quarantine is over for most of the world now, we are entering what everybody is calling the post-pandemic period, uh, fingers crossed. But mm -hmm. even then, like, you know, people are, people are in their bubbles and you have your immediate family and then your close friends and then your acquaintances. And regardless of the quarantine situation, some people really turned to the internet for that kind of companionship. And something about Animal Crossing really clicked with this parasocial companionship where everybody can do the same things on their own, but still feel like they're part of a community. Mm. Mm. I think that's I think that's a big part of it. It's 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 this needing to belong to a community that uh, I think a lot of people sort of not really paid attention to until quarantine hit hard and you were separated from everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like the same thing as when you're in you know when you're a kid and you're in school hmm. or just a kid in general. You know, it's it's very very easy to make friends because that's just literally, you know you're friends with the guy across the road because he lives across the road from you. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. friends with the guy you sit next to at school because they sit next to you, and. Mm. I think what people found with, you know, with, with uh, lockdowns was that suddenly because the usual social things weren't happening, suddenly it was, well, how do I... How meet? do how I do, do I, friend? How do I do <laughs> how friends? How do I social? How, how do I socialize? I don't... Because everything, everything that was taken as standard was gone, mm -hmm. everybody had to learn or come up with new ways of doing it. And it was, it was a little weird for a little time. And Animal Crossing sat right in the middle of that going, yes, yes, come, come, come to my island. Let me indebt you with, let me indebt you by giving you a small house and a tent, said the raccoon <laughs> and his two knee breaker sons. Yes. Oh, oh his nephews. There is nephews, aren't they? Or so he, or so he claims. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's a, a dark spin on Animal Crossing. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> no. Uh, and it's a reflection of something that most of us go through to one extent or the other as we age out of education, as we move into the young adult stage of our lives, as we kind of all spread out, you know, start families, move for jobs, our friendship circles can get smaller and smaller quite naturally. Hmm. And outside of the educational environment, yeah, you're sort of asking, how do I meet people? How do I make friends? Because up until now, friendship has been something very simple. It was very much like, hey, you have just been put into a an environment where you're surrounded by people who are of the same age as you. And over time, you're naturally grouped with people who are think similarly to you because of, you know, selective classes and things like that. It's friendship on easy mode. Mm-hmm. Peers are much easier to find in school than they are in, in the outside world. Uh, much easier. Hmm. And what you've described with things like Animal Crossing during lockdown is a, it's a version of one of the ways that you can make friends in this later stage of life is hobbies. You, by pursuing something you have an interest in and trying to find other people who have that hobby, you're mm-hmm. by default finding people who share interests with you. Yeah, it's, it's a mm-hmm. bit more of an active process. But that's but that in, in its nature, that's that's part of a hobby. It's an active thing that you're doing. So it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and it's good because I think for the people who don't partake in the more traditional socializing activities like sporting events, like hanging out at bars, clubs, pubs, coffee shops, I don't know. Anywhere where sit anywhere where sitcoms are set, pretty much. Yeah, like you know, mm. insult your culturally relevant hangout spot here. From my culture, the going to pubs and bars to watch sporting events was sort of like the traditional male pastime. And if you weren't into that, finding people to just chat to became very difficult. Mm. Yeah, if you weren't if you weren't into sports and if you didn't drink, for example, it became very it became very different, uh difficult almost up until, yeah, say the last 10, 15 years, I'd say, where more alternative hobbies have become a bit more mainstream, going back into the board game conversation that we had before. And that's why it's important to have those kinds of activities because, as we said last time, board games and tabletop games and these social games provide you with a way to hang out with other people in a more meaningful way. But if you even take a step back from that, These are also avenues where you can meet new people, make new friends and Mm. explore that, you know, human connection where sometimes I know I've found myself at points tied down to very rigid social circles. These are my friends. I've known them for a very long time. These are my work acquaintances. Ne'er in twain shall the two meet. And you kind Mm. of end up in a bit of a rut. And there's this thing about being exposed to new people, new ideas that helps mm-hmm. us continue moving and growing as people. Mm-mm. Well, especially like depending on what your hobby is. Say, for example, you know, if you're doing some, you know, music or art, by engaging with that, by meeting people that are doing the same thing, one, you're going to see how other people are doing things, which is always informative. You might mm. get new inspiration or new ideas on how to do what your own, what you're doing, a little bit better or different. Mm. You can get advice. You can share advice. Um, it makes things 
yeah, it stops you from being in your own bubble and it challenges yeah, you, you learn and grow. That's the word. Yeah, it challenges you. Don't it, challenge me. It does. <laughs> How about you, sir? On that note, on that note, I, I, I think there yeah. is a natural tendency to sort of stick to the social circles you know. It, yeah. it, it's a form of like preservation of energy. You've already invested the time to like vet these people. You know what they're like. You know that you have the right chemistry with them. It's, so, it's a safe option. It's a safe option, exactly. And, and sometimes, sometimes you need that. Sometimes oh, no, you, you definitely need, need that. People you, people you know, people who won't drain your energy. I mean, definitely sometimes, I think we've all been there where whatever social gathering, social event, or the, is the option of a social gathering or social event with new people, and all that is in your mind is, ugh, new <laughs> people, ugh. It's definitely a person-by-person person case. There are some people who just thrive on social gatherings and more power to them. It's like, mm. oh, you know, when's the next get-together? Oh, two weeks? Oh, I can't wait. And you have other people who will look at it like, oh, that's that's the next social obligation. Well, better prep myself for two weeks after the thing is done. Well, I'm done. I need to disappear from society for a little while. Yeah. People are different in that regards. But it's also worth pointing out that these safe options don't always exist. So, mm. you know, you may have an amazing group of friends. You may have an amazing support network. And then that tempting job offer comes through in that other city and you have to just move and it's the sad reality that many of your friendships can be very geographically coded. So you can mm. have friends who are, like, I'm not saying they seem, they actually are like amazing people, amazing friends. They will go to the ends of the earth for you. But once you cease to be in the same geographical location as them, your friendship mm -hmm. inevitably changes. And it could be a very lonely experience. Like, you know, you've taken this amazing opportunity you could be killing it at work. You're succeeding and you still feel oh, that... Oh, kill, killing as in succeeding, right? Okay, I, was, I thought you were going in a very different direction with that. <laughs> oh, no. Thinking, no wonder he had to move cities. It's <laughs> a little dark. It's a very Spy X family type <laughs> oh. situation. Yeah, you can end up in a quite a lonely situation where you've made these decisions and then you're in that, exactly as I said before, how do I make new friends? That's pretty much it. It's like, you know, needing to unroot, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do it by choice. Sometimes you are forced to. And you also cannot just walk up to a random person and say, do you want to be my friend? Because you get some real weird looks, real weird looks. And sometimes the people who accept that invitation aren't the people you want to be hanging out with. Like, yes, Fair yes. point. Fair point. But, th but there are ways of asking people, would you like to be my friend without telling them to their face? Would you like to be my friend? It's yeah. like, hmm, so what, what, you know, what, what blend of coffee is this? has yeah. a very interesting aftertaste. It's, it's, it's striking up, you know, it's small talk, it's building up conversation. These are skills that are very, very useful. Like yeah. very useful over, you know, over a long period of time. If you sit there sulking in the corner, sticking to your friends who may or may not be there geographically anymore, so to speak, you are not going to make any effort to actually yeah. go out and meet new people. You do need to spend some energy in terms of interacting yeah. with the outside world, outside of your comfort zone. And this is this is where hobbies come into it. This is where hobbies come into it, exactly. And like it's like I always like to say that if you can hold a five-minute conversation on current sports, current events, and current 
zeitgeist media stuff. Like Metal Gear Solid. Everybody knows everything about Metal Gear Solid. Yes, that's very current, <laughs> Jeff. Thank you. And that's mm-hmm, a very mm-hmm. current and culturally relevant mm. statement. The last game was only eight years ago. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if you can have a conversation about, you know, whatever's currently airing, whether it's, you know, House of the Dragon or The Last of Us or, you know, some of the stuff that's on TV Or the new potential Metal Gear Solid movie. Or the new potential Metal Gear Solid movie. Or, you know, sporting event. Or, oh, did you hear about that? Insert whatever's in the news right now. You can talk to about 90% of people on the planet. Hmm. Uh, Provided they speak the same language as you. Yes. No, I have actually had some interesting conversations with people through the language barrier that mostly involve waving cell phones at each other. You know, you're pointing a picture of whatever, you know, (laughs) cultural thing. Ah, yes, yes, in their language. Ah, penguin. Ah, yes, umbrella. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Yes, we are communication. (laughs) <laughs> we are communicating. Not even communicating. We have become communication. We have become communication. <laughs> it's like, like whittle it down to... Uh, uh. <laughs> you just remem- you're just reminding me of like the most awkward attempt I had at conversation in China. Like the entire thing was via Google Translate and it was just tortured. And it was me. I was the bad guy. I was the person who had entered this country and was bothering this poor person mm. without knowing their language. And Google Translate is a very, very blunt tool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it probably has improved since then, but it uh, probably has. I would. Well, it um, has. Just, just a note on this, like you know, with regards to social activities, or you, like if you find a social activity, be it a game, be it you know a social event, music concert, watching the football match, like I think that is, it's an excellent catalyst. Yeah, it makes starting conversations with these perhaps strangers, perhaps acquaintances easier because you already have something in common going on. Mm. It, right? it, there's a there's a reason that the sporting thing is so popular in England, simply because if you you can go almost anywhere in England, hmm. sit down, buy a drink, shout at the TV for a little bit, and you will have a friend eventually. <laughs> As long as that TV is on. Mm. <laughs> Start shouting at a blank television, you will not have friends. Well, actually, no. I, I will counter that point. If you and some random fellow are both shouting ah, yes, well. at a switched-off television, then you know you have made an exceptional friend. <laughs> it also depends what you're shouting. Like, if you're shouting, turn on the TV, then, you know, that's a little different. <laughs> then so like, oh, come on, you're trying to walk it in. Like, that TV's not on. There's no football. <laughs> uh, oh, Arsenal. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting also, like, this this evolution of, like, social skills that you need to develop as you get older. Like, it, it changes. Your, your interests change. Your mm. energy levels change. Mm. Like, your tolerances for people as well change. Yeah. That, like, that, that's a given. Yeah. And something you mentioned before that I want to come back to is that while we've been spending, you know, the last couple episodes talking about social games and social activities and ways to, you know, connect with your friends better, Mm -hmm. you did mention that for some people, like, these social events can be very draining, even if they are enjoyable, treasured moments in your life, which is why I think another thing that we can neglect is cultivating solo hobbies. Mm -hmm. Mm. Interests that just belong to us. That way that even like the most social people sometimes just want to sort of 
enter their little bubble and, I don't know, crochet something or, mm. you know, partake in an adult coloring book or well, a child's yeah. coloring book. I'm not going to judge. Oh, yeah, or just, yeah, go to no, the, no, no. just go to the pond and watch some frogs hop about, you know. I is like that a hob- frogs. Is that a hobby? I don't think it's a hobby, but it's a pastime. And yeah, frogs are great. I love mm. frogs. You know, like, well, <laughs> spending time in nature, not necessarily like hiking, but just like chilling out outside with a book or watching the world go by. Mm-hmm. I don't know if hobby is quite the word I want to use for it, but it is something that I find endlessly enjoyable. Yeah, mm. definitely. I think this learning to be alone with yourself is also like it's a very, very important skill that often goes overlooked. A lot of people do seem to have an issue of being like chronically social, so to speak, to the point that when they are, you know, even when it gets to the to the end of the day and they're disconnecting from their friends and they're disconnecting from everybody and just like settling in from the night, they have this like impending sense of doom from the loneliness, right? Hmm. I, th- I think it's, it's, it's often overlooked that you do need to learn to be okay spending time alone, hmm. right? You need to enjoy your own company. <laughs> you yeah. need to learn to enjoy your own company. You spend more time with yourself than anyone else, so. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, like it, it definitely, like depending on what kind of activity it is, you know, say if you're standard one of, you know, say if you're painting or drawing or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just you, what you're doing, you know, maybe you've got music on or something in the background, but it's just you and your creative outlet without any external influences. There's nothing distracting you. It's just you and whatever you're creating, which is essentially just a reflection of you anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very important, healthy thing to be doing to just be alone with what you're creating Hmm. and it's also i think painting is a very good one to sort of riff off of because it's the type of hobby that i think encapsulates everything i wanted to talk about today Mm -hmm. it's a hobby that you can make social you can take art classes you can meet people who are it's social while also developing that solo skill so you can you know spend time by yourself with your art, but you can also be social with other people in your community as you learn, develop your skills, challenge each other. But at the same time, like learning to be bad at something is also another invaluable skill because as you said, like the, the things that you produce, whether it's artwork or music or something, especially in the beginning, everything you make is going to be bad, mm. but it's a necessary step to becoming good. But at the same time, I think it's also important to sometimes allow yourself to be bad for the sake of it. It's like, I made this painting. It's not good. It's not going to be hung on any gallery walls or developed for posterity, but I made this. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It truly is the friends that we made along the way. It's the... (laughs) It's I, I spent time doing this and that time is valuable to me mm. and it's now here crystallized in this thing I made. And mm-hmm. learning to accept it for what it is, I think is a huge part of everything that you've just said about being okay with yourself. Because mm-hmm, not definitely. everything has to be this amazing, oh, like I need my artwork to be a Picasso. It needs to be a, when I play my guitar, I need to be, you know, rocking out on the stage. No, you just... Sometimes you just want to make some sing noise. into the void, yeah. Yeah, yeah just make some, much. make some noise, bash some tin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's 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 quite literally. It's like 
I enjoyed doing this mm -hmm. and either looking at the finished product, no matter how imperfect it may seem, right? Reminds you of that. It brings you joy of the memory of the time that you spent yeah. enjoying the activity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, scientifically, the the so-called flow state that you often enter into when you get, you know, absorbed into doing something like this has definable health benefits. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it de-stresses you. It kind of, you know... The alpha brainwaves. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, really, I don't really know the science behind it other than it make things good. It's mm -hmm. not dissimilar from meditation. Studies have shown that... When you enter a flow state, your brain waves change and it's, it's, I think the only way I could describe it is like sleep. It's kind of healing for your psyche. Mm. It just allows things to calm down and, you know, for everything to sort of chill out. And they've actually seen those brain waves continue after you leave the flow state. So it has a, a measurable effect, one that is undeniably positive. So the takeaway from this episode is go out and do hobbies right now. Do it right now for the good brainwaves. Do it now. Don't stress. Do it now. Uh, yeah. The, the last paradox I think I want to introduce, it's a tiny one, is that a lot of times in order to get the energy that you're looking for from these hobbies, there is often an uncomfortable initial sort of investment of energy. Mm -hmm. mm. The simplest example is going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Right? There is a very, very sort of like steep hill to climb over initially. It's like, I don't want to go to school today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go to school um, today, mommy. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to spend the physical energy, like literally working out. I don't want to spend mm -hmm. the emotional energy worrying that people are going to be looking at me. I don't want, you know, it. there's a lot, a lot there. It's a hill to climb where basically like, yes, you, you need that initial investment of energy in order to really reap the benefits of the energy that you get back from going to the gym. There are some people who, yeah. you know, you see these transformations overnight, so to speak. It's like, oh, this is a person who has never stepped foot into a gym. We spent like a miserable month getting into the routine and now he can't stop going. Habits are hugely beneficial. Mm -hmm. The gym example is, you know, it's very direct on the nose with regards to energy, but, but you do see it. You do see them get more energized from that process. Mm -hmm. And the same applies yeah. to hobbies. Sometimes you do need to invest a little bit of energy to get into a hobby, to get into the habit of, you know, doing an activity. And then you find with time, as you are used to it, as you overcome that initial investment that you do actually, yes, like you do reap the benefits of it. It, it. It's good for your emotional energy. It's good for your mental well-being. It's, mm. I think hobbies can almost be described as exercise for your psyche. Mm -hmm. You are giving your emotions, your personality a workout. Mm -hmm. You're letting, especially with like, like we said, like the expressive, I mean, and, and by expressive, I don't just mean like painting and music, like almost any hobby, even like painting miniatures, you mm -hmm. are expressing yourself. You are putting that little bit of yourself out into the universe. And it's like exercise. You're allowing, you're just working out your little personality until it becomes stronger and more confident in itself. And mm -hmm. and then you reap the benefits of that, like in a more, yeah, holistic psychic energy, not to get too wooey, but wooey, wooey. Yes. <laughs> this is but the yeah. wooey woo podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It's a balance. There is there's yeah, a balance is, yeah. to be found. Like not not too much on your own, not too much with other people, not too much TV, not too much hiking. It's a balance, which is 
something we talk about probably too much. Yes. And it, it is hard. The, yeah. the, the mm. acknowledgement is that it is hard. There's there's no such thing as like, ah, read this book, 10 steps to do this, and it's super simple. No, 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 no. It is hard. It takes effort. It takes energy. There will be failure. There will be sadness. But oh, you just reminded me. Something that's also amazing to learn through hobbies is learning to accept and even embrace failure. Mm. Your mistakes are a part of the process. They're not something to fear. They're not something to shy away from. It's like they say with uh, when you exercise, like the pain is your body getting stronger. Mm. You know, the failures and the mistakes that you make while doing a hobby are you learning how to do the hobby yeah. better. Well, and you have to you learn by... so much more from failing than you do succeeding. So mm -hmm. much more. And um. learning that one lesson that unfortunately is, you know, many of our societies, we teach our children to fear failure. If mm. you don't pass this test, you're going to fail and you're not going to, you know, get the job you want and rah, 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 mm -hmm. terrible, terrible. And we create this everlasting insecurity in ourselves that, oh, I'm, if I can't succeed at something, I shouldn't do it at all. Mm -hmm. mm. And so, yeah, that's one of the big lessons that I, I still to this day, I'm trying to teach myself. <laughs> Don't we're, fear the failure, embrace the failure. This is the weakness leaving your body. We're, it's we're, okay we're, to be bad at something. It is. It is, it is. We're, Even we're if it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I'm really, I, I, I've had to come to terms with this. I'm bad at most things, but I enjoy it nonetheless. It's very, a lot of very, fun. Very cliched statement is that we're often our worst critics. So, yes, I think it's important to be okay yeah. to make mistakes yeah. and not to be as harsh as, you know, we can be for making them. Yeah. To go with the cliche, it's, it's, it's cliche, I suppose, but it's talked about a lot, but it's important to talk about it, that if you see somebody else doing something or engaging in a hobby and it's bad or it's, you know, it's objectively, you know, they're painting a painting and it's objectively bad, mm -hmm. you're just going to assume that they are new. And you're like, oh, well, of course they're not, of course it's not a masterpiece. They're new. It's, you know, you don't judge somebody when you see it externally, but... You should be that kind to yourself at the same time. You're new. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be amazing. It's going to be bad, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to finish today. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. There's a balance. Mm -hmm. There are These hobbies are there, whether they're social, whether they're solo. They should be a way to express yourself and they should be a way to relax and to like regain that energy. Yeah, these hobbies, they... They bring us fulfillment. So we are more fulfilled in our daily lives, which means we're going to go into things with more energy because we're not going through a drudgery. It's not, uh, uh, you know, got to go to work, come home. No, no, so you're getting fulfillment. And that's that brings yeah. a lot of happiness mm -hmm. um, yeah. to daily life is when, you're, when, you, when you've got fulfillment from somewhere. And hobbies are a really great way of getting that. Yep. I think a simpler way of putting yeah. it is basically it's like it gives us the energy to do the things we need to do so that we can do the things we want to do. Yeah. See, that's, well, that's, well that's a very nice, that's very nice, succinct, uh, succinct, yeah. that's not a, <laughs> succinct, that's not a word, but I'm keeping it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very nice, succinct way of putting it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this one. We are going to be switching it up next week a little to bring this whole arc in for a landing. So I hope you join us in for that one. We've been Indulgently Minimal. You can find us on Twitter at Indulgently Mini. We're also Indulgently Minimal on Instagram. Any thoughts, questions, comments, just shoot us an email at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. I've been Moggy and I've been joined by Jeff. Yeah, thanks guys. Just remember to go easy on yourselves. And Murdoch. And remember folks, indulge a little. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us for the next one. See you next time.
Bye. See you later, guys. Take care.